You're listening to the Scientific Radio of the Unknown, one of the most interesting podcasts on the internet. For over a thousand generations, Sacramento, California has been home to more sightings of mysterious phenomena than anywhere else in the world. Now, a hardcore team of elite paranormal investigators is out to solve these mysteries using advanced scientific research methods. Nothing will stand in their way to find the truth. They are the scientific researchers of the unknown. Coming to you live from Sacramento, California. He's the founder and president of the Scientific Researchers of the Unknown. He's your host, Carson French. Okay, uh, welcome to the second episode of Scientific Radio of the Unknown. I'm your host, Carson French, and I'm my co-host here, Brandon Kalick, and today we have a very special guest, uh, Mark Sargent. I don't know if I'm that special. Thank you for saying so. So, what are we talking about? All right. So, what we do is um, we have a TV show called uh, Scientific Researchers of the Unknown. Okay. And what we do is we go out and we investigate paranormal stuff, mainly mainly ghosts right now. But uh, we started this podcast as sort of a spinoff of our TV show. And... We had recently seen your documentary, and we watched your Flat Earth Clues video, mm-hmm. and we thought that you would be a great person to come on the show and talk about some uh, unknown stuff. Talk about I can talk about anything you want, just so you know. Uh, Flat Earth was literally the last conspiracy I got into. I, I am pretty well versed on just about everything, and that's how I got into it, because I was super bored. You probably watched that movie. <laughs> yeah. So, but but I can I, I have been known to talk about flat Earth from time to time. So <laughs> hit me hit me with what you got. All right. So our first question for you is: Do you believe in the paranormal? Absolutely, I believe in the paranormal. Why wouldn't I? I mean, I have some that I like more than others. Uh, when it comes to conspiracies. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's some things that I think are fringe, but as I've told people, since I start my day with Flat Earth, I can't condemn anything. I'd be a hypocrite if I was. So, seriously, five years ago, if you would have come to me and I said, I know a guy who absolutely can prove to you that Elvis had Bigfoot's baby, I'd I'd, I'd laugh you out of the room. But now, I'd be like, you know what? I'll give you a few minutes. What do you got? Why not? How, how How can I shoot that down? So, yes, I do believe in the paranormal. Well, awesome. Uh, so, uh, since we said our expertise is ghost hunting, we were wondering, how do you think the flat earth theory applies to our ghost hunting situation? Oh, I don't think it really changes it. Uh, when it comes to, and I've been asked this before, uh, when it comes to flat Earth, just about everything dovetails in, with the exception of secret space programs and anything that's really space related. When it comes to everything mm. on the ground, sure, why not? Uh, why would flat Earth have any conflict at all? Um, the only question is then: Are we talking about deceased spirits? You know, souls that have left the body. The whole twenty-one grams phenomena. 
Uh, or are we talking about interdimensional beings? Uh, take your pick. Um, but I don't think it conflicts at all because I think, in fact, it may even work better with a flat Earth world. Because not only do I think that we're not the first people to rent this apartment by any stretch, meaning there's other civilizations that have lived before us, but I think that other civilizations have survived. You know, in, you know, rem remnants of them at the very least. So if that's the case, sure. Sure, why not? That being said, uh, I think there's a little bit of a sensationalism when it comes to ghost hunting, only because, you know, how many shows do we have to eat? What, what South Park made the wonderful joke, you know, it's like, what was that? You know, did you, you know, did you hear something? You know, or did you smell something? It's like, oh my God, how many cliffhangers do you have to, how many seasons can you do that? But apparently forever. So, yeah. I mean, I, I just once, and I know you guys would love it too, I'd love once for some ghost to pick up one of the ghost hunters and slam them on the ground a few times or, or just have them fly through the air, and, you know, into the street or something mm -hmm. like that. And, but I think, the, I think that sort of thing is against the rules. I believe there are certain protocols when it comes into place, not just Star Trek Prime Directive, but I think it, it falls the same with everybody. The reason why, for example, and I know I'll ramble a little bit, um, why there aren't vampires, real vampires. And you say, well, no, there might be real vampires. Like, well, no, because it's an aggressive virus. Uh, and if you, ever yeah. saw if you ever saw Blade 2, you'd know that. Because all you do is you turn one drug addict into a vampire, it is over. I mean, yeah. he's going to be fighting everybody. And then, you know, the multiplication. I mean, it's really the same thing with zombies. You know, zo as you know, zombie movies are actually pretty accurate, with the exception of the whole atrophy thing, which is once the zombie thing moves forward, the whole world takes over, which is why I like zombie movies like um, 28 Days Later, where it's really a blood virus. It's not the dead yeah. coming back. It's just a blood virus that lasts for 30 days. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Well... I was going to mention you were talking about these, uh, how it would be crazy if there was like some paranormal entity that was like throwing somebody around or being aggressive. But right. we, uh, during our last investigation, we were at the the California State Library, yeah. which had uh, a lot of haunted reportings. But one of our investigators uh, by the name of Nolan, uh, he was walking and he felt something like grab his leg and he fell over. So, well, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, it's it's awesome. I just wish, and I, and I know we're kind of spoiled in the United States because we have movies that go to the utmost extreme. You know, not just Ghostbusters, but every other freaking paranormal movies out there. And we've we've covered it. We just, you know, just I I just wish there was more. You know, caught on camera. That's all. Yeah. So, but I, again, I'm I'm cool with it. It's I, I'm not going to condemn it. Sure. You kidding? I I believe in all sorts of weird things. I anyway, go on. All right, so um, one of the questions that I had uh, about Flat Earth was how when you flush a toilet in the northern hemisphere, mm. it spins a different direction. Yep, clockwise versus counterclockwise. Yeah. yeah. Sinks, toilets, that sort of thing. Believe it or not, I was right there with you until a giant YouTube channel, because, uh, you know, with everything with the internet hive mind, people want to prove this. There was a giant YouTube channel, you can look it up yourself, it's still out there, called um, Smarter Every Day. You know, massive guy, does a lot of tests. And a couple of years ago, shortly after, actually shortly after we were doing our thing, he decided to do that test. 
which was, okay, I've heard of this, right? So he mm. did the most scientifically accurate test I've ever seen in my life where not only he didn't take a toilet or a sink because that can kind of be how the drains are located and and, and how the, the water's going down. I mean, honestly, you can do mm. clockwise versus counterclockwise in your sink right now just depending on where your thing is, your, your spigot. But he made he, he got these giant kitty wading pools, custom built, one in the northern hemisphere, one in the southern hemisphere, with a custom drain plug in the middle of it, uh, and had a simulcast where he had a guy literally at the same time, same day, you know, they're talking to each other, they're filming it literally at the same time, and he made sure they, the water sat absolutely perfectly still for hours, and made sure even the water wasn't disturbed to where he, instead of like putting little boats in the water... He put mm. eyedroppers with red food coloring and crisscross patterns and then pulled the plugs simultaneously in the north and the south. And the drainage spin was so unbelievably gradual. And he did this multiple times that at the end he said, you know what? I don't know where this myth came from exactly other than, you know, uh, it, you know the drains pointing in one direction, the water pointing. It's basically, he goes, basically it's a myth. Because it's it doesn't actually happen in real life. I mean, again, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I again, he's not a flat earther in any way, shape, or form. He decided to do this test on his own. It's like, wow. I mean, I, again, it was the most. Uh, I've never even seen a science institution, which is weird, do this test. Uh, and so it's like, hey, you know, good for him. Of course, you know, he gets paid a lot of money to do this, but you would think that it would behoove him to prove it. You know, kind of like MythBusters. You yeah. Know, those, those guys. Anyway, so that's my answer. Yeah, and that's why it's important for us uh, conspiracy guys to not like just be conspiracy theories, like to go out there and do our own research. Yeah. Really, and yeah. like uh, we're really no different than the scientists because we're doing the same types of experiments out there. It's just the science. The scientific method is it can be done by anyone. You don't need to have uh -huh. a white lab coat to do it. And that is come up with a test and do it. So test, observe, repeat. It's not hard. You know, it's like, you know, f and f until you get to the point where whatever you're testing absolutely matches what you expect to happen. And then, you know, put you put your stamp on it. And, and that's it. But a lot of the times, I hate to say this, uh, science jumps the rails and they make assumptions of things. They make leaps of faith, too, which they really shouldn't. Uh, and they do it in the name of science for whatever reason, budgetary concerns. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, perfect example, um, science versus scientism. So if you want to tell me what the boiling temperature of water is at sea level, great, fantastic. I'm right there with you. I can test it myself. And you can test it at different elevations, right? Mm -hmm. But tell me what the core of the Earth looks like. And you can see science books all day long with that wonderful cross-section of, you know, the, the red and orange and yellow and white bands, thousand, thousand mile bands all the way to the center. And yet the deepest hole ever drilled was by the Soviets and the Germans. They only get, went down eight miles. Well, if 1% to the center of the earth is 40 miles and you've only drilled down eight, you're, you're, you're not even scratching the surface. Literally, you're, you're barely a fraction of a percent. So how are you telling mm -hmm. me what the core of the earth looks like? And then on top of that, oh, you're, I'm going to tell you what the moon looks like and the core of Jupiter and Saturn. It's like, you don't even have things there. How, how are you going that far? That's when, or, or tell me about um, dark matter or tell me about carbon dating and, and all the other stuff with exact science to where, you know, I, I saw a guy yesterday, um, he, can, he said he was a dinosaur expert. 
It's like, well, I don't know if I call myself an expert. I mean, sure, you got yeah. bones lying around, but you don't have skin or organs or you know any mating rituals. You know nothing about these things other than the bones. For so, all we know, the bones could be fake. Uh, you know, I've heard that, but at the same time, I, I'm one of those guys that believe they weren't. They aren't fake. They just aren't very old. So I'm I'm on the, I'm to the uh, uh, side of that they're real, but I don't think the carbon dating on them is anywhere near what, what they should be. And so, mm. because previous, I believe in previous versions of civilization. So, I mean, who knows? Whoever built this place, maybe the, the first group when he was playing around the sandbox was dinosaurs. I don't know. But anyway, I just, I just take a little bit of offense to the term expert. It's like, well, yeah. you're our best guess. That's, that's all you got. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, we're going to move on to the documentary about you, uh, mm-hmm. Behind the Curve. Yep. How, how do you feel about the documentary? Did, uh, did you think it was uh, any bias at all? <laughs> what, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> okay, a couple things. Uh, you know, I, it took him seven months to film it, and I was there for most of it. And it was a group out of L.A., not, a, not Flat Earthers, obviously. And they really want to do just make a human interest piece, which they didn't want to go go with the nuts and bolts. They just want to say, okay, here's some flat earthers, here's what they do, and here's uh, you know how what they think about things. And what changed was, and you could hear this on the iTunes version of the director's commentary. You guys probably saw it on Netflix, uh, but the iTunes director's commentary when the twelve year old kid, and I don't know how old you guys are, I'm guessing twenty seven. Uh, when you got to the uh, the twelve year old kid walking up to the microphone, they actually said in the documentary, they go, "Oh yeah, this is when we had to take a stand," and that was yeah. it's all fun and games till the kids are involved. And I thought that was interesting, and that's when they decided to go after Jaron and Bob and take a few cracks at me and and Nathan Thompson. Um, and make no, no mistake, they hate the flat Earth concept. Nobody in that move making the making of that movie loves the flat Earth concept at all. However, uh, even though I saw it for what it was, and so yes, everybody in the flyer community hates it, hates it. And I, I predicted this. However, it is a Trojan horse that has recruited us so many members because it generates so many questions. Uh, I went mm-hmm. to some of the film festivals. You know, we did twenty in the, the beginning. I think we did twenty-two film festivals in six or seven countries, which is amazing <laughs> considering the topic. And when I sat in the audiences, nobody knew who I was, at least in the beginning. Uh, the people that first were watching it didn't believe it was even real. They, they were treating it like a, like a piece of docufiction or a piece of uh, um, uh, mockumentary. And by the time the 30-minute mark kicked in with some of the montages, people I, I watched it in the theater where people are going, wait, wait, wait. This is, this is actually a, a happening out there. There's something in the internet that I don't know about. And, and they were starting to freak out. So that by the time they got to the end, they all had so many questions. And my email load just doubled after that thing was released on Netflix. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. And um, When the editor of Behind the Curve showed it to one of his editor friends in Los Angeles, who knew nothing about the concept, he goes, watch this. He goes, you don't know anything. I'm not going to tell you anything. Just watch it. And he watched it. At the end, his friend goes, wow. He goes, where did you come up with the budget for this thing? Guys, what are you talking about? He goes, well, it all looks so real. He goes, all these actors, they played it so straight. And he goes, no, man, those weren't actors. Those were real people. And that's when the guy freaked out. He's going, whoa, 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 that, that, that conference in Raleigh, 
that was a real thing? He goes, dude, I was there for days. And, and it just blew his mind. And that's where we ran into it when, if you, you know, if you watch it, I would, let me sum it up with this. If I had to grab a globalist off the street, if I had a friend who was absolutely knew nothing about it, I wanted to show him one thing. I would show him that not because I'm in it. I don't care. I would show him. I would say, because by the time you're done with it, you're engaged with it to where you're like, you've got questions. I saw it time and time and time again, where uh, the Q and a sessions, people, people like any questions and just hands everywhere. Nobody was going anywhere. They had mm-hmm. so many questions and it's the exact opposite of what I think the director was hoping. You know, it's like, well, if you don't want us to talk to kids, 12 year old kids, you probably shouldn't show a 12 year old kid talking to us. Cause I had so many high schools that contacted me after that movie. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, cause I'm not going to bite anyone's head off. I'm, I'm an easygoing guy. And so, I mean, seriously, I mean, they'd meet me in the person. They were not shy. It's like, yeah, let's go out for lunch, talk about Flat Earth. Anyway, there you go. That, that's my thoughts on it. it yes, okay. it was absolutely biased. They, they, they hated it, but that's fine. You know, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Mm-hmm. And would you say that the, the movie had a positive effect on Flat Earth or negative or? Positive. Okay. Absolutely positive. In fact, it, it, in, it enraged the general uh, community members, uh, but nobody quit because of it. And it, it enraged them mostly because of all the other people that were in it. You know, the scientists, the psychologists, uh, uh, Scott Kelly. The fact that we, you know, did an exclusive interview with Scott Kelly for this. Go figure. And he was there for one line, one line only, which was, I think I first heard fl- about Flat Earth while I was in space. That is the most staged line I've ever heard. Which is like, no, you didn't. You heard about it a long time before, but you have to say it in that way. Uh, but everybody outside, I, yeah, I mean, I cannot, interviews nonstop. In fact, at, right after this, I'm doing um, another Australian TV thing. Uh, I just did, and, and because of the documentary, for example, we're now on tour this year. So I, wow. just, I just got back yesterday from a conference. Was it yesterday? God, it was yesterday. Uh, in Calgary, Canada. Uh, before that, it was Auckland, New Zealand. Before that, it was Los Angeles. And I still have five more that I've got to do. Um, London, Stockholm, Amsterdam, Mount Shasta, California, and, of course, the big one in Dallas, Texas at the end of the year. So, yeah, very, very positive. Nice. Yeah. Do you think that possibly the producers of the documentary... Some of them were maybe in on the flat Earth conspiracy, like. Yep. Oh, you mean like you mean like pro? They're flat Earthers. Or no, they're like uh, they're part of the people like trying to prevent uh, people from knowing about flat Earth. Oh, you mean like like people, the powers that be, steering us in a certain direction? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, in fact, I I think the opposite. I think the powers that be want this thing to come out for what for whatever reason. I've said that many times for years, which is, uh, look, Google has been doing nothing but helping us for the last three years, helping us. Uh, and by, because they're the, um, you know, the parent company of YouTube. And I mean, I got to tell you for three years, it was almost embarrassing how easy it was that, you know, if you typed in whatever you typed into YouTube, you were getting recommended flat earth videos on the right hand side. If it was anything mm-hmm. remotely conspiracy based JFK. Oh, here's 10 flat earth videos for you. Tractor maintenance. Oh, here's some flat earth videos. Potato salad recipe. Doesn't really matter. They just keep throwing it at them and people were complaining uh, after a while because it's like, okay, why is this happening? Um, and there was a guy from YouTube that came out, a programmer, and he said that they were asking him why are things recommended that way? And he said, well, 
He goes, if the average new flat earther or person getting a flat earther watched 20 videos in a row, what do you think we're going to recommend? You got to you got to remember that flat earth is the I'm sorry that um, YouTube is the largest television network in the world. They're no different than CB, CBS or NBC. I mean, they sell advertising revenue and they want you to watch content. If they had their way, you'd be sitting on YouTube all day long. So, uh, no, no. The, the, the producers of that film were not, if they, if they were trying to hurt, hurt us, it absolutely backfired. So, yeah. in fact, they could have killed it right away. They could have, once they saw the positive response, once they saw it getting into film festivals, they could have shut it down and not applied to it anymore. Now, these were just some kids that, I mean, not much older than you guys, that wanted to make a name for themselves in Hollywood. And honestly, it's a pretty good start to hang their hat on. I mean, heck, one of the producers, the lead producer, I think she's 25 now. So, good for her. All right. So, uh, I want to talk about the the ending of the movie. The laser and, test. Yeah. Uh, how do you think... Uh, like, what were your opinions on that test? Because sure. they made it seem like uh, you guys had pretty much proved yourselves wrong. But then, and yet yeah. nobody quit flat Earth. So why? Mm -hmm. uh, mostly, mostly it was the power of editing. Uh, again, the director. That was the second test. They they dragged him up to. And but to be fair, Jaron screwed up that test royally. And I'll tell you why. I didn't even know until much, much later that I'm not saying that Jaron's lazy. Jaron's a nice guy, uh, but and, but he will tell you right now. He, he at least he learns from his mistakes, which was he goes ne first off, never ever do the f test for the first time live in front of the cameras. Always do it, you know. Always make sure you know what you're getting before the cameras. I mean, that's why like every show you ever see on television, they do dry runs. It's why they call it a dry run. Mm -hmm. And in his case, not only did he not do a dry run, he never even went out to that location before that night you know except for the first night and then he burned the laser condenser the first night to where and i yeah. only knew this because he went back out there during the daytime like months later it's like what unit and he realized he didn't even have line of sight from that spot and he was like oh man i should probably should have come out here it's like oh you're killing me <laughs> because the director was just looking for stuff remember he wanted to shoot down he's a heavy the director was a heavy science-based guy uh, nice guy, but he was a heavy science-based guy. So the way they edited it, you know, they, they tore us apart. I'll give you even a smaller version. Uh, and I don't even know if you picked up on it because it was subtle. Uh, was the green button I supposedly didn't hit when I was at the Kennedy yeah. Space Center. The green button. You got to remember, this, the Kennedy Space Center, which is basically just an old amusement park, that's, there was only one button next to the chair. One button. And I smacked that thing as hard as I could. But it was broken. And then I just said, well, maybe they got a touchscreen override. And I'm hitting the touchscreen and nothing's happening because it wasn't a touchscreen. And what they, in fact, they found it by accident, which was after what you don't know is when you're, when you're shooting scenes, you give a little buffer. So you wait till the people leave the, uh, the scene and then you stay focused straight so that you can use it good, good spots to edit. And he just happened to be zoomed in the button. Only later when the editor is going, you know, all we have to do is cut Mark hitting that button out of that and it'll make him look like an idiot. And they did. That was it. They cut out six seconds of me hitting that button. In fact, he even asked me during the premiere if it was okay if he left it in. And I'm like, fine, you want to take your shot. Uh, that's fine. I don't care. It's a funny moment. Uh, I will give him that. I mean, it's, it's a funny little mm -hmm. moment, but it's absolutely not true. Uh, no different than the, uh, like for example, the romance. They were portraying during the, the whole thing. I mean, there was no romance happening during that shoot. 
whatsoever. But the way they shot it, I had people asking me during film festivals. I mean, I was like, what about you and Patricia? What about you and Patricia? Seriously, they're asking me this. I'm going, really? Was that, that overtone that heavy? And it's like, yeah, sure. Why not build it in? And, you mm. know, like uh, one more thing, like the power of editing, um, adding in Matt Boylan as the villain, for example. The reason why, you know, for every hero, you need a villain. And no scientist, no scientists are notorious for smiling on camera. Yeah, every, just about everybody, if you're going to be in a movie, they're, they're like, they can't help it. It's, it's called, you know, that camera grin. It's like, oh, we're on camera? Okay, am I supposed to say something mean? And they, and they can't. So they're being really nice and affable. So it's like, okay, where do we get our villain from? And so they just used Matt's clips and turned him in the, into the villain without asking. They never even talked to him. Never even actually talked to the man. And so the, through the power of, you know, some creative editing, they turned him into this raving lunatic. Now, the truth is, he's, he is somewhat of a raving lunatic, but they amplified it a great deal. So, there you go. I actually have a question about that. How, who was that girl in the background of Matt's videos just sitting on her phone? That, uh, the hot girl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is his wife. Uh, now, oh, okay. Now, he met her. He went on this cross country tour. He's originally from Montreal, Canada. A lot of the backstory, you don't even know about this guy because, you know, again, we edited down from seven months to 100 minutes. And he went left. He fled Canada and he was looking for citizenship in the United States. And, well, you know, you can marry into citizenship. So mm-hmm. he was cruising around, basically started in Florida and drove all the way to California and I think made it to Vegas uh, before he met her. And or maybe California, maybe they moved to Vegas. I can't remember, but that was it. And and they just had their first kid since then, since the documentary. And you know, she's totally on board with him, and they're still not divorced. So I'm rooting for him. Not really, but <laughs> you know, seriously, he's what you didn't. I mean, there were some things that they would they I didn't even talk about in the documentary. I still got Matt's emails from from the you know I'm saving those for posterity's sake. Where like mm-hmm. after my first year for first interviews, he called, he contacted me and said, "Okay, I want you to start building in a certain rhetoric into your your interviews. First thing, you got to start attacking the Catholic Church." That's like, what? <laughs> Why would I attack the Catholic Church? He goes, Especially the <laughs> Jesuits, man. You got to attack the Jesuits. It's like. Why? Why would I do that? I, I've only done like six interviews. Why? Why would I inter? Why? Why would I do this? And. He goes, if you don't, you know, I'm going to discredit you. You know, I'm going to come out against you. And I was like, all right, fine, come out against me. I'm not going to, I think it'd be worse if I actually started attacking the church. And so, yeah, Matt, Matt lost his way and he's not part of the conferences and he's pretty much been alienated by his own. And look, we would have given him anything he wanted. And in fact, I was hoping he would take point on this whole thing and he didn't. So now everybody's stuck with me. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so uh, we were originally going to have somebody on the show who had a, a Bigfoot report to give us because yep. we have we have like a, a hotline number that people can call and report yeah. any suspicious paranormal activity. But uh, yeah, but last minute he said that he can't do it. But uh, uh, you yeah. know, I, I lived in the heart of Bigfoot country. I lived in the you know the most densely um, uh, populated Bigfoot sighting area, which is Vancouver Island, up in Canada. I was actually I lived in Victoria for a whole year, 
Wow. And uh, I I did not see any Bigfoot while I was up there, but then I'm in Victoria, so there's not a, they're, they're thin on the ground in in the major cities. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, you don't see them at bus stops. Yeah. But uh yeah, we were going to have some questions about Bigfoot. I guess we can ask them anyway, like Sure. Do do you well, I guess you kind of said this earlier how you can't really discredit any other theory since you're uh, you believe in flat Earth, but you said. But we were wondering, do you think that Bigfoot exists? I've got mixed feelings on Bigfoot because uh, I'll give you I'll give you my honest take on this. Uh, do, do I believe that people have seen them? Yes, I do. Uh, do I know exactly what they saw? No, I do not. Uh, can I discredit mm-hmm. them? No, I can't. Just I mean, the, there are so many species in this world. That we still haven't, I think, even gotten around to. Uh, a perfect example would be what you guys probably heard of the Billy Ape. You know, there's a, a six foot chimpanzee, I think, down in South America that's extremely wary of humans, six feet. And yeah. you know, granted, they don't stand up tall, but the, but they they were weren't even found until a few years ago because they just knew avoid people at all costs. Um, I'm also a big believer in uh, potential simulation theory. Which is, you know, if this world is flat and it's enclosed, uh, there's a high probability it could be digital. You know, I look at the double slit experiment or the um, neuroscience and free will experiments or what was the other one I was thinking of? That's uh, not going to come to me right now. But that being said, because I, I have this interesting story, for example, uh, if you, you guys, if you followed Bigfoot at all, you probably heard of uh, there was this rancher. And I can't remember. He was definitely up in the Northwest. Northwest. And he was on a horse. He was on horseback, and he had he had one dead to rights with a rifle. I mean, I think less than thirty yards away. I mean, like point blank, basically with a rifle away, great elevation. And he said he took a shot straight at him and blinked away, like he wasn't there. And that reminded me of something that we do. That's amazing. Yeah, it reminds me of something that we do in simulations. It's kind of a tease from whoever built this place. Uh, and, and you're going you're gonna to probably snicker at the title, and it's called a treasure goblin, which is, you, you th- it's kind of like the carrot that you can never catch. These little things that you run around, and mm. uh, but in this case it would be big, yeah. and you're never ever going to catch them. Because, come on, even a- you've heard the arguments. Even accidentally, some hunter is going to gun one down. Unless they've got special properties we don't know about. You know, I mean, are they interdimensional hippies that just smell really bad? Because apparently they smell really, really bad. And, and uh, you know, if 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 they wanted to attack a truck or a van and claw one up and, and beat it the hell out of it, you know, there could be some evidence out there. But do I discount them? No. No, I don't. I'm from the Northwest. I mean, I'm, I'm up here on Whidbey Island uh, near Seattle. That we You grow up with that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got no no problems with Bigfoot. The only question is, you know, what are they? Who are, you yeah. know, are they intelligent? Are they not intelligent? Do they have interdimensional properties? Why don't they take more showers? Why do they all the animals, you know, don't hang out with them? You know, they avoid them a great deal. Uh, do they have, you know, superhuman strength? I mean, just, you know, up in Canada, nor, you know, British Columbia, they talk about them all the time. You know, it's a thing. And, of course, the, mm-hmm. the corresponding stories, you know, with the, the Yeti. The abominable snowman yeah. and, and stuff like yeah. that. You know, could there be other species of humanoids lying around out there? Sure, sure. Uh, I think there's something special about them, though, because they seem awfully lucky. 
to to avoid us. And but at the yeah. same time, and, and as much as people say, well, maybe they're too lucky. I'm going. Well, the Billy Ape was lucky for a really long time. That was just a chimp. Yeah, so. and also the the giant squid. That was a oh was oh a don't get started on the freaking squid. Yeah, but yeah, the squid is is still to this day considered. You know, there's sailors out there to say, well, he, he doesn't really exist, even though we found the smaller versions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a great book. The guy that wrote Jaws, uh, Peter Benchley, he wrote one of his next books. I think it was called Beast, and it was much more terrifying, in my opinion, which was about the giant squid, because form, you know, from a formidable standpoint, the giant squid is far more deadly. I mean, it is the freaking kraken. Right. And and we only knew, like, for example, this is one of those weird things. We only knew about the giant squid because of sperm whales. That was it. Because we we, we would hunt sperm whales would come up and we'd see these garbage can lid type sucker things on their side, you know, when because that's their their natural enemy is the the sperm whale. And we're going and, you know, you're doing the math because you see the small squids and you're going, these things have to be monstrous. I mean, absolutely. And they're. Not only are they monstrous, they're huge. They're extremely fast. They have beaks that can basically cut through steel. Uh, they have mm. an ink defense system, and they have tentacles. That you're, you're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> I, in fact, I'm, we're lucky that they don't have a, an appetite for submarines because I'm pretty sure they could take a small sub down if they wanted to. Yeah. Anyway, and we don't we don't really know how they could be like twice as big as we even think they sure. are. Like. There's so much of the ocean that's been unexplored. Like yeah, only about only about five percent has been explored, I believe, right. the like known scientists right now. So right, I mean, the, there's still so much to be seen. I mean, we just and why, can't go, you know, and why is that? Because of the pressure difference. Exactly. Uh, you yeah. know the the crush depth, which of course segues. I got a segue into real quick, which is also why the Flatters community goes after the International Space Station so much, because the reverse of crush depth is vacuum. You know the negative vacuum pressure. Uh, which, uh, if you've ever seen it, um, look up something on YouTube, very simple stuff like a steel rail car versus vacuum, where they apply mm-hmm. a vacuum field to, you know, an empty steel rail car, you know, a cylinder that, that transports liquids. And that thing just violently just crushes. And it's like, okay, what's your point? My point is the negative effect also works, which is if you're in a pure vacuum of space with a, um, a tube that's made out of aluminum and plastic, how exactly is that thing staying intact? I mean, it should rupture instantly. And I, I know that we see the movies and it's really the, the deception of the movies. And they don't know any better. I mean, they're just writing in is that is, you know, a little hole in the space station, right? You know, it's like, oh, I got to patch that hole. Get something, you know, put on your helmets and everyone's got time. It's like we're running out of oxygen. The truth is that it's so fast. In fact, I, had a, I talked to a submarine. Sorry, let me go the other way real fast. It's so well, it's so fast that you would be dead instantly. The lungs would, your lungs would be sucked out of air. No one would be able to talk. The air is gone in a fraction of a second. There's, there's no, there's no time. The other side of that, the submarine stuff, real quick, which would be I had a submarine commander. They tell all these guys this, and that is, look, if we're at a certain depth, and the hole gets ruptured, it's not like the movies or television. They say you will die from freezing and pressure, pressure equalization before you even think about running out of air it's that fast it's basically like if a hole happens it's like instant water you're frozen and you're crushed to death and that's it you're you're done there is no you know you've got sex which is why they keep the doors you know oh sorry one more thing real quick 
which is why in submarines, you know, why they open and close doors wherever they go, you know, just in case something super bad happens. But you never, ever see that on the ISS. They keep all the freaking doors open all the time, you know, because yeah. it's good yeah. production value. It's like we want to make sure, you know, you're floating down this way for as long as you can. Truth be said, you know, a micrometeor with all those doors open, you'd be dead in a millisecond. So why aren't you shutting the freaking doors? I don't know. Why aren't you wearing spacesuits? Why aren't you wearing shoes? Sorry, khakis and polos and socks. That's that's your uniform up there? Uh, sorry. Anyway, I ramble. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was wondering back to the ocean thing. Uh, with the flat Earth model, how it's a disk. Yeah. How how deep do you think that the disk goes? Like, Oh, we don't know. I mean, remember below... Uh, when, I, when I said earlier that the um, the Soviets and the Germans, uh, they've only dug down eight miles, and that's it. That's the deepest. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, you know, if it was me and I was the military, I'd just keep using atomic weapons and trying to bore a hole down. But ap after eight miles, drills don't work anymore. It doesn't matter where you are. So, I mean, could it be 50 miles thick? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I'd like to think it was it actually have some pockets below whatever magma system there is for other civilizations because i think that other civilizations that have lived before us probably have to go subterranean uh, why not and in fact the ocean entrances would probably be the safest because we can't deal with the pressure stuff but if you had some sort of advanced unified field driven ship otherwise known as a ufo then pressure isn't an issue you know unified field doesn't care about water pressure so mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I, I i just don't i just i don't think it's very thick it doesn't have to be. I remember most of our civilization lives between sea level and one mile up. I mean, that's like 90% of our civilization lives because alcohol, or sorry, alcohol. Uh, <laughs> this is where my head's at. Uh, altitude poisoning uh, kicks in at about 7,000 feet. And so most of the people live, I mean, hell, most of the people live at sea level. And, you know, we, everyone lives next to water. There's a few people that live out in the mountains, but not very many. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when I know that uh, you guys are trying to somehow get into uh, Antarctica to explore the South Pole and see if it's uh, oh, you mean really... the twenty the twenty twenty cruise? Yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted to learn more about what that was. It's absolutely not real. Okay, here's what happened, and and I blame the media. You you don't you're off the hook. You don't have to get blamed for this. Uh, the, so the 2019 Flat Earth Convention, the Big American Convention, is in Dallas, and they were thinking about doing, and they were toying with the idea that it was going to be in Miami. But now they say, okay, next year, 2020, it's going to be in Miami. Mm -hmm. Well, they were saying, and, and by that I mean the crew, the the actual conference is going to be on a cruise boat. But the cruise boat is just in Miami. It's just going to be going around the Caribbean like it always does. But some journalist out in the freaking UK immediately is like, well, they should, you know, flat earthers are on a cruise boat. They should go look for the end of the earth. And then a few more people jumped onto that. And next thing you know, nobody's referencing anything except except this journalist. And so mm -hmm. we're all answering phone calls. And I mean, I've been asked that probably 20 times. I mean, there's got to be at least 15, 20 articles out there about the 2020 flat earth cruise. And one, we we haven't even confirmed the conference yet. And two, there are no Antarctic. Do you know how long it would take to get to Antarctica from Miami? It would take forever. You'd yeah. be on that boat for a long, long time. Not to mention, you don't take cruise boats anywhere near icebergs. I mean, you the only thing that goes yeah. next to Antarctica is military ships or icebreakers or both. 
So no, sorry, I hate to break it to you. There are there is no twenty twenty flat Earth cruise. Mark. Okay. Um, yes. I was I was wondering, uh, for astronauts who go into outer space and you know peer through maybe a window or like you know reach the space station, right? And then through there, you know, look out and through space and then look back at Earth, and they see you know it's like a spherical object. Right. How do you how do you think they perceive that? As... How do you all think they perceive it, or how are they pulling it off? I mean, I mean, well, are you are, are you saying? I I think I know what you're asking. So, are you saying that asking do the astronauts actually think they're viewing a spherical Earth, or are they just looking through a screen, you know, a window onto a screen that's in the background? Yes, yeah, exactly. Like like it's an uh, illusion. Like oh, it's absolutely an illusion. Object. You you they... got to remember. No, no, the the astronauts are absolutely in on it. Although I don't think they know exactly why they're doing it. Uh, you got to remember that just about every astronaut that's out there, so we'll, we'll only use the Americans, the Canadians, are high-ranking officers. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott Kelly was a full bird colonel when he got out. Uh, you don't get to be a colonel in, in the United States Air Force without being able to follow orders. And I, I actually said this to Terry Virts. Ch- Terry Virts was the lieutenant colonel uh, when, when he got out. And so there's so very few guys that go up there. These guys sign the disclosure agreements that say, look, you aren't getting paid enough to ask why, you're just going to fake something. And they're not shown the bigger picture. So do they know what they're doing? Do they know they're faking something? Sure. Do they know why? Eh, they, they may have a hint, but until you get to the debriefing, I wouldn't pay them either. It's kind of like um, telling a spy when he's going to go shoot somebody, right? You just tell him you're going to shoot somebody. You don't tell him why. There's a big political intrigue around it. It's like, kill that guy. Yeah. And 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 the, and the spy knows. It's like, really? Why? What do you do? They never ask that. I mean, yeah, in the movies, every once in a while, it's like, I don't know. I got mixed feelings about this while well, he's looking through the scope. Pfft, whatever. They all. So that's no different than the astronauts. You got to remember, NASA is Department of Defense. They are military, plain and simple. They are manned by Air Force. It might as well be just the United States Air Force. Yes, they wear white uniforms. Yes, they smile for the camera. Yes, they don't carry guns. That's about all there is to it. I mean, the heck, the the institution itself was formed in the back of the still burning embers of the Nazi war machine. Werner von Braun would have been executed, except he was so smart. I mean, that's isn't that the 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 hypocritical thing? If you're super super smart in war, they don't kill you. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. the nerd, save the nerds. We need them. <laughs> they can build stuff. <laughs> Everybody else, oh, firing squad. Nerds, save them. And, so, and literally, the Soviets and us, we split them right down the middle. We got Werner von Braun, and they got some other guys, and look what happened. So, What do you think about the whole uh, Space Force thing that Donald Trump has set up? Okay, Space Force. First off, uh, Space Force is just another drumbeat for space. Meaning NASA has decided in their fight against us recently is that all they have to do is release stories with a clever title, uh, a stupid picture, and text that you, they don't even care if you read. And that here's why. Uh, let's say there's a face on Mars. Uh, they don't care if you, if, you, if you think about the face on Mars. It's like, oh, something on Mars. That's it. Something on Mars because you're on a globe. Hexagon on Saturn because you're on a globe. We're reclassifying Pluto, globe. We're thinking, and honestly, it's such a stupid move on their part anyway. It's never, ever going to happen, and here's why. Uh, saying the Space Force, it's like, oh, yeah, Space Force. Okay, and then immediately the name, it's like, oh, okay, space, you're on a globe. That's the subtext. 
However, it's never, ever going to happen. Here's why. The, the recruiting job of the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard is so competitive, so hard to do recruiting, getting these guys in there. And all of a sudden, remember, these five branches have been around for, I don't know, forever since the country was founded. Uh, and now you're going to introduce a, another one that's so cool and new it would blow the recruiting, you know, no one would join. Would anyone join the Army, Navy, the Air Force? Well, maybe a little bit of the Air Force, but no, no. People would join freaking Space Force because of two movies. Uh, one, Aliens, <laughs> uh, you know, with uh, Sigourney Reaver back in the 80s, and, of course, mm -hmm. Starship Troopers. That whole thing. Between those two, besides, what are you getting? So, no, the other branches of the government would never, ever allow it. Plus, I hate to say it, but it would cost... Oh, oh, my God. I'll just do a round number. Fifty, a hundred billion dollars to start a new military branch of the of the United States military is ne never, ever going to happen. Sorry. No, 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 no. Can't be done. Logistically, it's impossible. One more thing. It's a great name. But then, you know, I'd even ask you guys, uh, what exactly do you do in the that's Space what Force? I, that's what I was wondering, because yeah. if there's a Space Force then they have to be protecting us from something in space. Right. So so where, where are you training exactly? How are you applying for it? And what do you do once you're in it? I mean, do you hire, is this basically just Marines? Because that's all they did, like in Aliens, the, the space Marines were just Marines that were trained on the ground and finally get on spaceships and go to another planet. Is that what you're doing? Because you don't need another branch of the military to do that. You just, it's, you just have Air Force guys with guns. You know, you just have basically NASA with guns. That's all you do. Why, in fact, why don't you just give some NASA guys machine guns? Oh, I know, because you can't shoot them inside a pressurized container. But that's a whole other thing. So, no, Space Force is not going to happen. Never, ever, 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 ever. Can't. And, of course, watch them try it tomorrow. But, I mean, seriously, if I was the head, the Joint Chiefs, Chiefs of Staff is just shaking their head going, yeah, we're ne you're never going to get the budget for this. I mean, brand new training mm -hmm. facilities? I, logos, uniform, I, my god, the amount of money <laughs> that you would have to spend just to get this thing off the ground. Yeah, so and it was, a, it was a long time ago this was announced, and still nothing has really happened. No, it, it won't. Yes. I mean, no different than any any space thing that's ever been proposed. Get a member like Jeff Bezos from uh, Google just came out and says, oh yeah, we're going to do a moon mission with my blue capsule in 2024. Well, where have I heard that before? Uh, Elon Musk in 2017 says we're going to send two tourists around the moon in 2018. Well, we're halfway through 2019. Nothing's happened. He's There's no rocket. There is no capsule. There are no people. It's just a can they have kicked down the road forever. You can go back and watch montages of everybody from Reagan all the way back then, from Reagan on up. Everyone says, oh yeah, we're recommitted to going back to the moon. And then four years later, new president, we're recommitted going back to the moon. It never, ever happens. No we haven't even tried to fake a moon mission since 1972. That's a long time ago, guys. Long time ago. It's, it's ridiculous the amount of time. And yet everyone just keeps... But the average person on the street doesn't know. I mean, you could go and I bet you there's a percentage of people on the street that you said, oh yeah, we've got a colony on the moon. I bet you 20% of the people on the street would, would, would say, really? I believe it. Well, why not? You know, because we yeah. should at this point, by the yeah. way. We, we, we should have hotels on the moon right now. And we don't. So why not? Uh, in fact, I, the, you remember that movie um, with um, Guy Pierce, Time Machine, where they blew up the moon. Yeah. They were building more condos on the moon, and that's when it broke up. And of course, yeah, I mean, it's the future that we didn't have. Why not? Uh, the, you know, everyone remembers the cartoon series The Jetsons. 
right? What happened to our yeah. flying cars and our robot servants and laser guns and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. We didn't get any of it. The only thing we got was what you guys have, your smartphones. That's it. The informational tool of the gods. That's what we got, which is good. Uh, but in the end, it only hurt them because we're doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's almost like these smartphones are kind of used to, like, control us. Like, they're, honestly, I think they're more addicting than most illegal drugs because, yes. I mean, everybody's on them. And, like, if you try to, like, stop using it, it's harder than you think. Like, most people just don't even try. I, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, because I'm older, I was lucky. Uh, but yes, I, I hate to say this, but it's the one thing I really don't envy about you guys is, yeah, if I would have been your age, I would have been right, probably worse. I'd, I'd probably have the thing just taped to my arm at all times. Although, you know, most people literally are just gripping it all the time. I mean, I walk mm-hmm. through airports now on a regular basis and people don't look up. And when you go to campuses, I knew that when I was in Boulder, when smartphones, Boulder, Colorado, when smartphones first came out, I was on CU campus, and I would go by these bus stops. Nobody would be looking up, and and, and like buses would go by, <laughs> they'd miss buses. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, type, type, type. And who knew? I mean, I I probably should have suspected before smartphones came out. Here, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, when instant messenger was brand new, where you can you know message person from computer you know workstation to workstation, yeah. Yeah. and I remember guys that were on my support team that we're literally sitting like right next to each other, right? Right next to each other and they're and they're messaging each other and going, Why aren't you talking? <laughs> He's right here. You could literally punch him in the arm. And uh and that never changed. Uh I remember going to movie theaters where there'd be a whole roll of kids below me when the smartphones were, you know, and their arms would be touching. And you could see them like chatting with each other. I'm going you're literally your arms are touching and you're not talking to each other so yeah i I don't know what's going to happen there other than as far as controlling people if you wanted to get everyone on the same story i mean there's six billion smartphones out there in the world if you wanted to push a narrative which is kind of what the whole flat earth thing has been waiting for it's like if you want to push a big narrative whatever it is uh you could do it now you could get everybody on the same page and most of the population would be right there with you because why would it's like no my phone said it my phone said it. It's got to be true. It's from a major network. It's got to be true. I'm holding mm-hmm. it in my hand. Why would Why would they challenge it? So, Mark, yeah. I, have a, I have a question about the uh, Bermuda Bermuda Triangle conspiracy. Sure. Uh, what do you personally think about that? The Bermuda Triangle. Do I believe it's real? Yes, I do. Uh, there's too many things. In fact, I'll give you my, my personal take on it. Here's, here's the story that got me about the Bermuda Triangle. You've all, you probably, you have probably heard of Flight 19, the one yes, that's yeah, yeah. Field yeah. used. Of course. That's the, yeah, the, where the, the, the fighter, the four fighters went out there just on a practice run and they got lost and none of them came back. That's not the part that bothered me about that. What bothered me was the follow-up plane, which was the Osprey which followed it. That was a marine ship, a marine rescue ship that can land on the water. It's just a big military Navy seaplane with a crew of 11, right? And they went out to find them, and they didn't come back. The fighters, fine. I can give you every benefit of the doubt there when it comes to the fighters, but the Osprey, that's what freaked everybody out. That's when all of a sudden the Navy said, okay, we're going to send, you know, launch this massive campaign, and they're flying all over the place and, and boats everywhere. 
do I think it's some interdimensional conduit or potentially an old civilization that had who, who was who were messing with things they probably shouldn't have and after it was flooded you know there's some some misfires that are going on out there yeah probably uh, whatever it is is the a problem for us is it's such a big area that we can't pin it down now the military may know some stuff sure and like a lot of things, like the, the, the old joke with Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, once they figure it out, yeah. they're just not going to tell you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> yep, absolutely do believe it's real. Uh, I think Spielberg portrayed it fairly well, you know, just that little glimpse in Close Encounters of the First Kind where he opens the movie with the finding of those fighters. Yeah. Uh, I, thought was, I thought was brilliant. Um, do you, think, do you think there's some correlation between that and Flat Earth, possibly? Sure. Sure, why not? Old, old, I, but it's not directly flat Earth. It's more of the old civilizations. I believe in old civilizations. I do. Uh, anyone that you want, I, I'm not even going into the whole ancient aliens thing. Although you could if you really wanted to, which is um, before us. I think there were other groups out there. You know, again, look at the sunken cities off of Japan, the sunken cities off of India, the Bosnian pyramids, Bimini Road, which is amazing considering how close it is to Florida. In fact, I think it is Florida technically. Why nobody talks about that? Bermuda Triangle, the real pyramids, it goes on and on, or Puma Punku, or that place up in the Peruvian mountains where the stones seem to be melted on top of each other. I mean, seriously, if you watch enough yeah. ancient aliens, there's there's no reason why you would ever doubt previous civilizations. Yeah. Um, do I think they're directly tied to Flat Earth? No, but I think it's much easier to justify old civilizations in an enclosed world. As do it's like every once in a while it's like okay that civilization's done you guys get to move somewhere else wherever they go and then do a little terraforming and go let's start up with another civilization screw up the carbon dating while you're at it yeah yeah and it's interesting a lot of these pyramids they're finding them like usually when people think of pyramids they're like oh Egypt and then maybe think of like a few in Mexico but they're all over the world. Yeah. Like, I think there's there's pyramids in probably every country. Yeah. And um, yeah, a lot of them they originally thought were mountains, and they're just now discovering that it's uh, like because they were so big and there's stuff growing over it. They're discovering yeah. that it was just so old. Yeah, you couldn't see the forest for the trees, so to speak. Mm -hmm. The Bosnian pyramids, I think they're brilliant. Uh, if I had the engineering ability. I, I, if I was a, a billionaire that I was bored out of my mind, I would hire engineers and strip that thing down immediately. I mean, yeah. you know, it's tear off the trees, just get as much equipment in there, hire a whole bunch of people and get that thing going because it's a massive archaeological find. Sure. Why, yeah. why wouldn't you? I mean, well, I went to go see the pyramids mostly after watching ancient aliens, but uh, I, I wanted to go see what all the hub, hubbub was about. You know, but when you're sitting at the base of those things staring at them, you're going, and then you look at Cairo, which is right next to it, and it literally backs right up to it. Most people think the pyramids are in the middle of the desert. They are not. There's desert on one side and a massive city. I mean, freaking Starbucks, like, really close to it. And uh, you look at them, you go, yeah, those people had nothing to do with the building of this place. In fact, humans didn't have anything to do with the building of this place. It's too big. And you got to remember, we're only looking at the, um, the building blocks. We're not even looking at the cover, the white marble cover that was stripped off of it. I mean, mm -hmm. if you had the full-blown white marble cover, that thing would have been visible for, for a long, from a long, long way away. And, of course, the, the other thing about the pyramids, the missing capstones. Where the hell are they? I mean, even you'd think that that secret, even a rumor of that would be out there by now. 
And it's not. Wherever those capstone went, they are nobody's talking about it. And those things were big. Big giant capstones that somebody took off and hauled away and never talked about it again. So anyway. Lots of fun mysteries. Yeah. Um so where we we have our own TV show, as I said earlier, called Scientific Researchers of the Unknown and the mm. The city we investigate the most is Sacramento, California. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and we were just wondering, like, if you've ever been there, had any experiences there? Was I ever in Sacramento? I don't... Uh, I might have been there on business a long time ago, but I don't, it, I don't remember specifically. Uh, we mm. just did a meetup there, which was interesting. I couldn't go because I was at the conference in New Zealand, but uh, we we just did a giant flat Earth conference down in Sacramento. But I've not I've not been here, been there. Sorry, this is that I know of. I, again, I may have, but it was probably twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mark, do you have any questions for us? I I know you're the guest, but I was just saying, in case if you know you have any uh, interests specifically or wonders about our specific TV show or, you know, this um, podcast? Or... Not, not so much. I mean, you got to remember that I deal, I, I was up on just about every conspiracy you could think of before I got into Flat Earth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was one of the few guys, I think I bought the first seven seasons of Ancient Aliens on DVD back when nobody bought it. And now there are no more DVD players, uh, which is weird. Um, no, no, not really. I mean, you guys seem, seem to be on top of things. So... It's, it's cool. All right. All right. Well. Yeah, that um, wraps up the questions that we have for you. Is there anything oh, else wait, you'd like I to do say? Oh, wait. I do have one question. Hang on. Yeah. Okay. What is... I'm looking at your background, but it changed. Or Is that a window or a background? What is uh, behind you? Uh, are you talking to Brandon or me? Oh, I'm sorry. Carson. Uh, no, it's just... It's just my room in the background. I, don't, I think okay. a, I, I just look. It looked blue for a second there, and I and I was going wait. It looked like a cityscape, and and I don't. Oh know. no. Oh okay. No, the the walls of my room are painted blue. So oh okay. That, that's probably what you were seeing. I thought I thought it was like nighttime out there, and I was going oh okay. That's that's pretty clever. Whatever it is. Oh uh, yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, anyway, um, yeah. If if you need anything else from me, let me know. Uh, if you have any resources or if there's anybody else down the road that you want to talk to, feel free. I, I'm pretty much wired into everybody. Um, okay. And it's, you know, it, all I can tell anyone that's listening to this right now, you know, don't take my word for it. Don't believe anything I say. Do your own research and ask questions. That's what I did. And that's mm-hmm. all I encourage. All right. Awesome. Well, we really enjoyed having you on the show. And, uh, yeah. Thanks if you so ever want to come on the show again, you're always welcome. And, oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for taking your time to do this. Oh, happy to do it. And now I'm off to another one, I think, down in Australia. All right. All right. Hey, talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.